It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We need to be having conversations here in America today, there's a lot going on out there, and uh, so we we that's what we do every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 a.m., and we have Encore broadcast in the afternoon as well. So welcome. Uh, we'll go through some of the headlines out there, and thrilled to have in studio with me some great partners. That is Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance. Great to have you both here this morning. Good great morning. to be here. So we'll be excited to hear what's going on in the mortgage business here in the uh, second segment. And third and fourth segment, we will be talking with uh, Frank Hawkins. We've had him on before. He's a former U.S. Army intelligence agent, as well as a former correspondent, foreign correspondent with the Associated Press. And uh, he writes a lot for the American Thinker. He did a very interesting piece regarding Ilhan o- Omar, who has been in the news. You know, she's the uh, U.S. representative from Minnesota. And uh, so we will chat with him a little bit about that. And so that will be uh, most interesting, and that will be in the third and fourth segment. Uh, So let's jump in here. First of all, you know, we like to have some inspiration. And since it is Holy Week, today is Monday, Thursday, uh, went to some of the um, Christian writers. And this is J.R.R. Tolkien. As you know, he has written uh, or wrote Lord of the Rings. And this is what he said. In the Fellowship of the Ring, he said, All that is gold does not glitter, not all those who wonder are lost. The old that is strong does not wither, deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken, a light from shadow shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken, the crownless again shall be king. That is J.R.R. Tolkien. So I thought that was very, very good. And uh, jumping into uh, Steve, are you ready for the funnies for the morning? <coughs> if I must. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a curmudgeon this morning. So, okay, Steve. All okay, right, bring it to us. Okay, why did the Easter egg hide? I don't know. Because he was a little chicken. Okay. <laughs> do you see where this is going, guys? Okay. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Mm. Why do you call a, what do you call a bunny with fleas? Bugs Bunny. You're right. And number three, what is the Easter Bunny's favorite kind of music? Bunny hop? Hip hop. Hip hop. Oh, uh, nice try, Kim Sturtz. <laughs> so let's jump into some of the headlines out there. First of all, California is pushing back on Trump as Trump threatens to dump immigrants in sanctuary cities. Find this most interesting that the sanctuary cities have said these uh, illegal immigrants make uh, make up the fabric of our cities. They're good for our cities. But when Trump says, "Okay, you want them, you can have them. We're going to bust them right to your sanctuary cities." Boy, I tell you what, we are seeing uh, a lot of these uh, cities uh, pushing back on that. What do you think about that, Steve? Well, the most entertaining one is Bill De Blasio in New York City. He's the one who's making 
you know, squawking the most and already to take Trump to court. We're going to sue. And, you know, he, he's, he's sue for the what? mayor mayor of the biggest sanctuary city in the country. It's like sue for what? I don't quite understand what he's talking about, you know? Either does he. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Uh, another thing, we didn't really get to it much yesterday, and that is that there is legislation that is being presented uh, here in Colorado to get rid of the gas tax and put in a sales tax in the place of it. And uh, I think this is a a very bad idea. Again, uh, I I really believe that these radical progressive activists that have have taken over Colorado uh, House and Senate and governorship right now, they're playing long ball. And we need to understand what's really going on here. And that is there is such a movement to get people out of their cars. And ultimately, I think that this is a, a cousin of Prop 110 that failed in this last election season, and that was a proposed uh, significant sales tax increase, which hurts everyday hardworking people. And uh, the the end game here is to get people out of their cars, put them onto trains, put them onto buses, and put them onto bikes. But everyday hardworking people can't do their businesses on bikes or trains or buses. Uh, you can't take your kids to hockey practice or soccer practice, you know, on a bike. You know, uh, that working guy with a tool belt and an air compressor, he needs his pickup so that he can be able to have his business. Uh, you know, and so the the end game, though, is to, to try to get people out of their cars. As, as Steve, as you and I have talked, as we come over, you know, I, I drive the quarter, the I-25 quarter all the time. I look over at empty rail cars all the time. The classic is every morning at about 4.05, the H line, going down 225. Four, sometimes even five cars, and there's maybe six people. And you think about the cost. You think about what that does to the environment to to make sure that you have those, those uh, train cars going up and down, who you're paying to make that have happen. And so what I see with this particular uh, legislation that's coming forward to repeal the gas tax, and the gas tax is a user tax. It was put in place. People would pay that tax when they go to the pump, and then that, that money from that tax was to be used for roads and bridges. And what has happened, again, bureaucrats and politicians have been shaving money off out of that, that fund for you know trains and buses and bikes and all of this multimodal stuff. So they're shaving part of that out. If you would make sure that you kept the money focused on those roads and bridges, our roads and bridges would be in, in good shape. I don't know about you, Steve, but some of these roads right now, it's like a, a minefield as you're going around these potholes. I had to take a trip out to the airport this morning, take the wife to the airport, and I don't recall where it was now, but... Man, we had a beauty. Uh, I did uh, unexpectedly on a interstate highway. <laughs> you a beauty, huh? And whammo! And it's like, oh my gosh! As I'm, you know, bouncing up and down, it's like, where did that come from? Uh, I need to be fair. If there was an RTD person listening to me just a minute or so ago, saying, "Boy, this guy doesn't know anything about light rail," we have to have that many cars because the load later in the morning requires it. Okay, well, later in the morning, that's fine. But at four o'clock in the morning, you don't need but one car. So. That's my thing. Well, I, I, I think so. I, and if this was a private business, what would happen is uh, you would not, you would certainly make adjustments if you had a time when your product was not being utilized. But since it's government, you know, there seems to be no problem on that. So 
uh, wanted to mention that. Another thing, uh, Kim Sturtz, this, uh, the, the fire at the uh, cathedral, Notre Dame, it was just tragic. It was so very sad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there seems to be some thoughts about how it possibly has started. Uh, Harris Faulkner has mentioned that she's uh, she thinks it's somewhat suspect and that uh, they didn't get on those flames uh, fast enough. And I know that the truth is going to come out on that. Um, but, uh, you know, stay tuned. It is just absolutely tragic what happened on that. And then today is a big day. The Mueller report is going to be uh, released in um, at, at Washington, D.C. today. So this, the city is uh, in a, tw- a, a Twitter about that, if you will. And uh, I think that there will be a lot of um, a talk about, um, you know, what has been redacted. And instead of really searching for truth, I think that this is going to be another political event out there. What do you think, Steve? Well, <laughs> the suspect people who are already whining, uh, you would expect this, but saying the, the redaction is unnecessary, uh, it's heavy-handed, it's going to cover, it's potentially a cover-up. But yet everything I've seen says the law requires this redaction in terms of sensitive information that really doesn't mean, need to be made public. Well, the, uh, yeah, but, and so that's what's going to be the whole political conversation about that. And, of course, all the pundits in, in Washington, D.C., that's all they can talk about. But, um, you know, I think that there is some real there there regarding we talked about the three horsemen, James Comey, um, James Clapper and John Brennan with uh, Sarah Carter earlier this week. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens on that. Another thing, Steve, I want to get your read on that. You know, yesterday the schools in the Denver metro area were closed because this young woman had come from Florida, apparently had purchased a shotgun and ammunition, and uh, so taking no chances, the schools all closed. And uh, then her body was found yesterday sometime. What's your thoughts? You have your ear to the ground on that with some of the law enforcement. Uh, overall, I, uh, and that connection to law enforcement, I think he agrees as well. The system essentially worked in terms of the uh, alerts. She, you know, she bought three one-way tickets uh, in three di- on three different days. And I know from personal experience, there's nothing that gets you noticed quicker than to buy a one-way ticket on an airline. Uh, hmm. It's very... Uh, you say you get a lot of attention, but not the kind you want. But uh, anyway, the, you know the, the the hooks that alerted the FBI in in Florida to her, and then they obviously you know they knew where she was going. They uh, flagged the FBI here. Um, everything seemed to work the way it's supposed to. Now there's some other questions being asked now about how in the world does an 18 year old you know buy a shotgun, especially an out of stater. But uh, I'm told that that hey that's perfectly legal. So. So anyway, it, you know, and I, you know, I know everybody was so concerned, you know, uh, I mean, about the fact that she was, you know, possibly going to attack people. But Steve, there was something in me. I just felt, I just felt sorry. I felt a knot in my stomach about a young 18 year old with her life ahead of her to be making these choices. Uh, They said she was infatuated with Columbine. And I just, I don't know, Kim, I just felt. I was just sad about it. I was just really sad about it. It's an incredible waste of life. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And so we've got to we've got to 
get this turned around with these kids. That's for sure. So uh, let's see. Um, I think that is, hold on just one second. Let me just check on one other thing here that Patty had for us. Let me see if I've got that. Let's see here. Uh, let's see the 30. Uh, we have a 30.5 billion state budget. That's done. Transportation does get a boost on that. Uh, let's see. I think that's about everything that I wanted to chat about on that. Last night was a big night for the Avalanche. They won in overtime, 3-2 over the Flames. And so it is very exciting. Uh, the, the Nuggets are in the playoffs. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. I think the Phillies are coming to town to play the Rockies. Uh, Wednesday's Wing Day, all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, and their smoked wings are delicious. They're delectable and only half the calories. And, Kim, you have had them. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, the smoked wings are fabulous. They're awesome. And they're half the calories. And the way you present them is awesome You like well. that, too? Yes. Yeah, the chafing dish, <laughs> yes. the whole thing. Yes. Okay, I'm glad you like that. So you can have your Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep like we do. You can order your Hooters wings to go. Or you can uh, watch the game at Hooters, which, you know, with all this going on, that's a great thing to do. It's a lot of fun. So visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com for more information. And be sure and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. This is Kim Munson, and we will be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming uh, topics, uh, guests, events, and uh, just keep you in the loop on that. One thing I'd like to let you know is uh, we are rolling it out. The website is up for StandForColorado.com. That's Stand and then F-O-R, Colorado.com. We are organizing a, a rally for everyday, hardworking Coloradans who are so concerned about what has been going on down at the state house, And there are Democrats, unaffiliated, unaffiliated Republicans, that everybody's kind of scratching their head. I mean, there's a lot going on down there. So we are organizing a rally, and we'd love to have you. Please show up. It's important that we show that we care. And that will be May 10th on the west steps of the Capitol. There will be concurrent uh, rallies in Grand Junction and in Gunnison. And uh, so go to StandForColorado.com. 
That is StandForColorado.com. We'd love to have you join us. I think it's very important uh, to basically take a stand and let people know that we care about what's going on. So that will be May 10th. And uh, you can go there, you can sign up, and we will keep you apprised of all the new information uh, as, as that starts to come out as well. So in studio with me is some very valued partners, and that is Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook. You've been a partner for the, with the AmeriChicks for many years, really, and we greatly appre- or I greatly appreciate that because uh, we're entrepreneurs, and uh, one of the things that, which is great is I buy my time, which means I have full editorial control. But the negative is I buy my time. So, you know, I, I, I have partners. And I just want to say thank you because you guys are just really, really wonderful partners. And I, I really appreciate it. We love being a part of this. Yeah. And uh, so it's, a, it's exciting. Uh, but let's, let's talk about your business. Uh, you know, I've known you, Kim, for a number of years. And you, have just, you just have this heart for your clients. And uh, you two together just make this great team. Uh, and so what would you say that your I mean, I know what your strengths are, and that is you just care so much. But you really walk people through the process, don't you? We do. We do. Um, it can, you know, it's the biggest financial pur- purchase that people make in their lives. So it's nerve-wracking for them. Sometimes they just really want to have their hands held. So... Both Mark and I are very good at doing that. Um, we don't send someone to our on, online application, you know, where they're trying to fill something out and be kind of confused about everything. Mm-hmm. We just walk them through the whole process. And that's really, really important. And, and so, I mean, sometimes this people may only get a mortgage once or twice in their life. Correct. And so this is really important to get it right. And that's why working with professionals with years of experience is a, is a good idea. And then, Mark, your strength, I mean, you guys really complement each other. So what would, what would you say is your strength? That's a really good question. <laughs> but I think my strength is it's similar to Kim's, you know, dealing with uh, the clients, understanding their particular situation, um, make them feel comfortable in the loan process because you find that you're really digging into financial history they have that they probably wouldn't even share with. It's personal, isn't it? Yes. yes really, really personal. personal. And, um, and so getting pre-qualified, we have talked about this. We had Karen Levine on earlier this week talking about that crazy initiative 300, <laughs> uh, which is that um, you know, situation where homeless people could basically camp on the sidewalk in front of people. And, and I've noticed the signs out there. It says, we can do better. That's for sure. And Karen, you know, just a note on that. She, she really finally nailed it down. And that is, is, you know, we care about the homeless, but this doesn't help the homeless and it hurts property owners. So that was just a note on that. It's so important to work with. Uh, we live in Denver, so we have a huge vested interest in whether this goes through or not. I th- do you, how, Kim, what do you think? Do you think people are getting informed on this? Do you think they understand what's, what it really means? Well, I'm seeing more and more signs in the neighborhood, and I haven't seen one that said yes on 300, so yeah. I would say they are. Well, and the other thing uh, to our listeners, just to bring out, which is so kind of dangerous, and yesterday we had uh, Jamie Cutter on, who's the owner of uh, Corner Bakery. They have f- uh, five corner bakeries here in the metro area. And their business down on the 16th Street Mall was targeted. And for 10 months, every Sunday, uh, Occupy Denver organized people to get out in front of their businesses. It really hurt their business. And um, so I think we, we kind of need to understand, you know, what this could do to businesses, what this could do to homes. Um, but 
what I've learned on this, this is unique through, from anything else out in the country, and it has a civil rights component. So, for example, if somebody was camping out in front of your house and the police were called or a, a an agency that works with the homeless to try to help them would come to them and say, you know, maybe you, know, you might want to move, they at that point could say that their civil rights are being violated, and then you've got all of that you know, th- that uh, legal action there. And it's only here in, in Denver that this is in here. So this, this 300 is dangerous. So we need to make sure that we are informing our neighbors about what this really, really means. And one other thing, um, Peter uh, Wall with the Denver Metro Realtors Association had said that in Denver, we do a lot for the homeless. We spend, uh, the city and county of Denver spend $20,000 per homeless person, and they only spend uh, $12,000 per DPS student. So we do need to know that there is money going towards addressing that. So I kind of digressed a little bit on that, but that was a, speaking of (laughs) homes and homelessness, let's talk about getting people into homes. And uh, Mark Cook, there are some new programs out there to get people into their own home, right? Yeah, we're adding some new programs to our fold, and one is, uh, which has always been a difficult thing. People in the marijuana industry have a very hard time getting loans for a home. So, and it's a big business. I saw a sign that said it's going to be like, I don't know, I think like a billion dollars or something here right. in Colorado. So, you know, it's frustrating for those folks trying to get into a home. So. We do have some new programs rolling out that will allow people with some restrictions, okay. make sense restrictions. That when you say new programs, is that coming from? I mean, who's financing that? Just banks or? No, it's actually a conventional program, so it's backed by Fannie and Freddie. Okay, okay. So, you know, things are loosening up. I mean, there's ten states I think in the country that allow marijuana, either medical or recreational. Mm-hmm. So. I think this will grow. No pun intended. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, part of it, too, is that, you know, you can't be a, a business owner if you own more than 25% of the marijuana business that you're utilizing mm-hmm. for qualifications, then you be, you're self-employed, and you can't use that. Because part of the problem is it's a cash-based business. Right. So the banks, and you hear about banks not wanting to open accounts, it's because is there money laundering going on? Right. Right. So it becomes more of a challenge trying to document where are those funds coming from. Does that put the bank at risk then on potential money laundering? Or well, I think there's a fear there. I mean, sure. they could get audited, or you know, accounts have been shut down because they said no, we we don't want to take the risk. Okay. So, uh, Kim, what about people that are not in the marijuana business? Talk. I mean, are there programs? I think I saw a sign the other day where. People were able to get in with not a whole lot of money down. Well, there are first-time home buyer programs, and you don't have to be a first-time home buyer. But um, there's down payment assistance. There are there are um, income restrictions on those, which makes it a little more difficult for you know those of us, or not a, not of us, <laughs> but people that make um, a little more money. But we're having some in addition to the new program that Mark just talked about. I kind of like to call it "What's Old Is New Again." Okay. And um, back prior to the crash, we had what was called subprime lending. Okay. That created a lot of the crash. Okay. So what they're doing is, at least this is what we're calling it, is we're calling it versus subprime, we're calling it like expanded prime. 
near prime and non-prime. So that enables somebody that's had some recent credit issues to get into a house. We don't have anything that says you can, you know, buy a house if you had a bankruptcy or foreclosure yesterday. But this is just going to enable the people that really suffered from the crash because the crash continued. You know, we may have seen that uh, the stock market start to recover in 2009, et cetera, but foreclosures, bankruptcies, et cetera, went on for much longer than that. So that's coming back. Um, we're having, we have two programs that are interest-only loans. You have to qualify at the actual mortgage payment. But where I think an interest-only loan, and I tend to be fairly conservative. Right, I know. But Mark and I actually did an interest-only loan back in 2007 when he had first come into the business. It made sense for us to do. So it works great for, let's say, your kid is just going into college. Okay. I need to, I need to buy a new car. Um, I want to max out my retirement account. So what happens is, is for 10 years, you make your payment based on interest only. And it's a significant difference. Okay. I meant to calculate this morning exactly how much, okay. and I forgot to, Good. but it's significant. Okay. And then after that 10-year period ends, we have a 40-year term and a 30-year term. So if you chose a 30-year mortgage, then you have to start repaying the interest based on a 20-year repayment. So it could get a little pricey. Okay, okay. But I think it's a great thing. Or or if if you're in medical school, you're a resident, you know. So then that way you could get into a home, is what you're saying. And then as you might get your, you know, those big kind of life events past you. Exactly. But that way you're for sure in a home. Exactly. Okay, well, that's really interesting. Quickly, um, because we're going to go to Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management in just a minute. Mark Cook, what do you think about interest rates? What's what's going on with interest rates? Well, it's been interesting because early part of the year we actually see, saw rates going down when they were predicted to go up. Right, so okay. we saw levels that weren't we hadn't seen in probably 18 months. But now we're seeing them go back up. Now, is that going to continue? I hear so much regarding that fact. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know because everything is... I thought you had a crystal ball in your office. It's very almost abnormal (laughs) what we're seeing in the market. So I I don't have that crystal ball. But rates are still historically low, and I think it's still a great opportunity for people to utilize it and get into a home. So if they can take a look at it, if it works for them financially, they can get into a home instead of throwing money down on rent. And uh, so really, I think having a conversation, you know, that's what we're all about is having conversations. And I know that you guys would have a conversation with people that are are interested or if they might want to refinance or those kinds of things. So, uh, Kim, how can people reach you? 303-888-2732. Okay, again? 303-888-2732. And Mark, how can people reach you? Us, 303-517-7173. And they say, say it twice. 303-517-7173. Okay, well, it's great to have you in studio with me. And uh, we'll be talking with Frank Hawkins uh, regarding this piece that he did on Ilhan Omar uh, in the third and fourth segment. Before we do that, though, we have Jason McBride uh, on the line with us with Presidential Wealth Management. And I know he's got some nuggets of information about tax-free income. Jason McBride, welcome. Hey, good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me again. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people are, nobody likes to pay taxes. You know, Bernie doesn't like to pay taxes. He likes other people to pay taxes. So let's talk about Social Security. Uh, Is that taxed or how does that work exactly? 
Well, Social Security can be taxed uh, just like any other income you receive. Uh, there's a couple of ways that it's very tax-advantaged, though. So the more of your retirement income that's coming from Social Security, uh, the lower your tax rate is going to be, Kim. But <clears throat> that can change pretty quick. Uh, if other income comes in that is uh, taxable, such as IRA distributions or anything like that, that could rapidly start to cause your Social Security to get hit with more taxes. It's uh, pretty amazing how quickly it increases. Well, you know, and the other day we had talked about uh, a life insurance program that had a really interesting tax-free component to that. So you've got a whole booklet that people, um, you know, will explain different things about tax-free income, right? Well, yes, and uh, any time you can get more of your other income besides Social Security to be free of taxes, uh, you know, your Social Security tax rate is also going to drop as well. So, uh, Kim, actually, it's more than a booklet. It's a book uh, written by a gentleman named Patrick Kelly uh, that talks about this tax-free income that you can get from certain properly structured life insurance policies. Uh, we still have a few copies left, so if people want to go to the Chicks Presidential website and request one, uh, put your name down, we'll give you a call, get the uh, info on your address and all that, and we'll get you out a copy. You know, that sounds like a really, really good idea. I, I know that people you know, pay taxes, but I think everybody likes to pay the 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 least they can from a legal standpoint. And so getting this book sounds like a really good idea and a good read because, you know, uh, April 15th was just the other day and everybody's really thinking about it. So Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, great to talk to you. The phone number over there, there is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And Jason, we will find out what nuggets of wisdom you have tomorrow morning. Okay, thanks, Kim. Okay, and uh, we're going to go to break. I am thrilled to have in studio with me my great partners, and that is Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance. Uh, We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Frank Hawkins regarding U.S. Representative from Minnesota, uh, Ilhan Omar, and you won't want to miss it. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today, 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. 
organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The Americhicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Oh, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and be sure and go to standforcolorado.com and attend the rally on May 10th. Uh, we are meeting on the steps of the Capitol, and then there's going to be concurrent uh, rallies out in Grand Junction and Gunnison. Uh, Coloradans coming together because we care, and we want to stand for Colorado. Let's jump into talking with our guest. Frank Hawkins is a former U.S. Army intelligence officer. He is a former correspondent, foreign correspondent for the Associated Press, and he has a number of pieces on, in, uh, published on the American Thinker. And we've had him on before. Uh, one of his, his pieces that just went viral was um, the 10 most destructive Americans in your lifetime. And then we had to get on, on the positive note, Frank Hawkins, and the 10 most uh, influential Americans in your lifetime. And those are both, those were great conversations, Frank Hawkins. Well, good morning, Kim. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing well. Doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to say hello again. Well, it's great. And we have in studio with me a couple of my uh, valued partners. That is Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance. So they may jump in here with some questions as well. But uh, April 5th, you published on the American Thinker, uh, Representative, Representative Ilhan Omar, Where Are Her Real Loyalties?, and, you know, she had recently questioned the loyalties of Jewish-American supporters of Israel. And uh, you said that inevitably raises a question about her loyalties. What do you think? And I guess we should set it up a little bit. She, I, I mean, she was born in Somali in, uh, during the Civil War. And so, you know, take it from there. Well, yes, thank you. Yeah, she was born um, after the uh, Somali uh, Civil War. Uh, she was born in Mogadishu, um, and her family um, basically uh, fled uh, the strife-torn uh, countries and went to uh, neighboring Kenya. And they spent uh, four years in a refugee camp there under what can only be assumed to have been minimum conditions, in other words, miserable conditions. But finally, uh, after some applications, her family... Uh, was accepted for immigration into the United States and they, uh, in 1995, and their application was approved, and the family moved to Minneapolis. And five years later, at the age of 17, she became an American citizen, and she finished college at North Dakota State in political science, international studies, and got involved in, in American politics, uh, which culminated in um, 2018, with her election to Congress at age 38. We call that living the American dream. And my thought was, boy, 
talk about, uh, you know, an opportunity for Somali-born Muslims to be elected to Congress, but uh, she should, my attitude is that she should be very thankful to basically a majority white, traditionally Christian country that welcomed her and her Sunni Muslim family with open arms and ultimately enabled her to become Representative Omar. But instead, listen to her. She blames white nationalism on custom and border agents um, overwhelmed by massive illegal alien immigration at our southern border. Uh, and uh, she called the treatment of the people down there by the ICE and the uh, Border Patrol people, she called it abhorrent and inhumane. Um, and then she said it's without a doubt a reflection of what white nationalism is doing to our country. Does this sound like someone who is grateful for an opportunity given to her by a predominantly white Christian, uh, traditional Christian country? I, I just think it's disgusting. And um, her obvious animosity toward her fellow Americans, particularly American Jews, is quite obvious in her open support for the Council on American-Islamic Relations, also known as CARE. And it's a front group for the Muslim Brotherhood in America. And by the way, Hamas is the militant Palestinian offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood that call, broadcast calls to murder Israelis. And so I, uh, you know, I'm just disgusted by this whole behavior, and that's why I wrote the column. Well, it is a, a very interesting column, and truly, truly, she is living the American dream. Uh, just a question, do you happen to know which refugee resettlement agency brought the family over? Do you happen to know? I do not know. Okay. That's something that, and the reason I asked that question, Frank, is because I served on the board for Lutheran Family Services out here in uh, Colorado, and and really, I, I have I have a heart for my fellow man. Um, they do adoption, uh, refugee resettlement, and you know some programs for seniors. And um, as I sat on the board, I, I started to realize that there was big government money in refugee resettlement. And at the time, as I looked at it, from a, a budget of $12 million, $10 million was coming from government contracts. And so as I started to connect the dots, I realized that American taxpayers were being taxed, that money was being used to bring in refugees, and, and we, th- we think that's a noble cause. But then I realized, because of government money, we were not able to talk about American values and, you know, the Judeo-Christian kind of fabric uh, of the American idea. And so for many years we've been bringing in refugees but not explaining to them the American idea. And then here we get Ilhan Omar in office, and uh, she's swearing to uphold the U.S. Constitution, which values the individual, but she doesn't seem to understand that. Yeah, I tell you, it's, it's in my opinion, it's it's worse than that. I I regard her basically um, as a Trojan horse into our society. I mean, the problem is, if you, I, I worked in Beirut for two years as chief of Middle East services, and I had numerous uh, Palestinian and Muslim friends, 
and I got along well with them. It was never a problem. But at the same time, we have to recognize that Islam is totally incompatible with the American system. And she's attempting now, she's the wedge that begins to bring the Islamic system and culture into the United States in what inevitably is going to be a direct confrontation with our Constitution and our traditional American values that go back to 1776 and the founding of our country. What do you think is going to happen, Frank Hawkins? I don't know. It's too early. I'm, uh, if you look at the trajectory of things, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not encouraging. I mean, you have basically the media, which is very sensitive to any perceived criticism of Islam, um, and you've got that at the very highest reaches of our government. Uh, even President Trump is very, uh, in my opinion, cautious about it, and with good reason to some degree, because the truth is we do have uh, Muslim allies around the world in places like uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Egypt and uh, Jordan and so on. These are, these are Muslims, and I'm happy to have Muslim allies around the world, but I'm not happy to have Muslims coming in under the soft underbelly of the United States and basically attempting to change our culture, and uh, uh, which she is, which she is a symbol of what's going on there. Um, and, and and you can see this in several recent incidents. Uh, for instance, um, um, when she was discussing uh, the uh, uh, the nine eleven issue, you may have remembered mm-hmm. that, and she she quoted as, was quoted as saying as saying, um, "Well, some people did some things. What the hell is that? How is that a description of nine eleven when you had?" Um, a dozen uh, Islamic jihadists who killed over 3,000 uh, people, most of them Americans, but not entirely. Um, and so you have to say to yourself, when you hear her comment about 9-11, you have to ask yourself, you couldn't tell if she was on the side of the victims of 9-11 or the perpetrators. A totally neutral comment. And now most recently, um, we've had the fire, uh, the tragic fire in Paris, uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral, and her comment was, well, art and architecture have a unique ability to help us connect across our differences and bring people together in important ways. I'm sorry, what kind of a bullshit comment <laughs> is that? Uh, I mean, the truth is Notre Dame Cathedral is a symbol of Catholic and Christianity values um, that date back 850 years. That, that, that cathedral is an international Christian treasure and she makes a stupid comment like that uh, it's it's uh, it's beyond the pale well and in your piece you note that in somalia the government there prohibits celebrations of christian festivities and so it does seem that there is um christianity in many ways has been under attack i i received one of the other producers of one of the other stations gave me a piece regarding uh, attacks on churches throughout France, that there has been attacks uh, on many churches over the last few years. And then, 875 is the number, Kim. 875. And we're yep. going to go to break here in just a minute. But, Frank Hawkins, one of the other things that I do is I have a World War II show where I interview World War II veterans. And I was interviewing one the other day. And uh, he was... Uh, uh, he was a paratrooper, and then he was in special forces. He was a Green Beret for 30 years. 
And he said, now, I know that, uh, you know, it, it's early. We were talking just as the, the newsreel was coming, um, coming across regarding the Notre Dame fire. But he said, boy, it seems to me like it might be sabotage. And, you know, I'm thinking, this guy's been around. He's uh, in his 90s. He can say whatever he wants now. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. So, Frank Hawkins, let's go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Have in studio with me Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance. And uh, we want to continue this important conversation. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for opening weekend of our 43rd season. The box office opens at 6 p.m. Friday, April 5th, and then the 88 Drive-In is back and better than ever. And children under 12 are free. Opening week features include Shazam, Captain Marvel, and Isn't It Romantic? And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served hot and fresh from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas for only 12 bucks. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. <coughs> oh, man, I love this music. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Go to my website, ch- uh, sign up for my emails, AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. And then also another thing on your to-do list is uh, go to the website, standforcolorado.com, and sign up for the updates on that. And be sure and join me on May 10th on the steps of the Capitol as we, as Coloradans, are coming together to stand for Colorado because we care. And uh, we have Frank Hawkins on the line with us. He is a former U.S. Army intelligence officer, former associate uh, or correspondent, foreign correspondent with the Associated Press. We're talking about this important piece that he had has in the American Thinker regarding Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. Uh, she is a Muslim, and uh, he asked where her loyalties are. Indeed, she uh, she was born in Somali. She was in a refugee camp. Or they they uh, escaped the civil civil war. Was in a refugee camp. Americans brought her here with open arms and even made her a citizen. Frank Hawkins, I think that's important that people understand. America was founded on an idea. And people can come here to be, and they can become Americans. There's no other country in the world where people can go to that country and become, a, a, I, could, I could move to France, but I can never be a Frenchman, a French woman. But you can come to America and you can become an American. And she became an American at the age of 17. And now she's 38 years old, and she's in Congress. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I, I think, uh, Ken, you've summed it up very well. Look, I can't let it go past uh, the comment you made just before the break about the suspicious nature of the fire in Notre Dame. And there's some new information coming out, and it's so current. I think it's 
worthwhile to deflect just a moment away from the the, uh, the topic of this conversation to point out um, that the workers who were refurbishing the roof are among the most specialized craftsmen in the world. I mean, their job is to do things like this. They uh, recently uh, fully restored a cathedral in Reims, as an example, and so on. Uh, the workers stopped at 6 p.m. The fire started 50 minutes later uh, near some scaffolding. No electricity was allowed near the roof because it's made of wood and, and, and was obviously highly flammable. And um, everything was done to avoid any source of heat near the wood of the roof. No electrical plugs, no welding was allowed. Um, and uh, the guy who's the head of the scaffolding company said, all I can say for the time being is that at the moment of the fire, absolutely none of my employees of my company was present on the site. All safety procedures had been respected. And um, so I, I think that there's still a lot to learn there. Um, it's clearly someone had to have come into the cathedral and lit it up. And so who knows who that was or what it was. You can, you, can, you know, there's evidence in some places of um, Islamists who were celebrating the fire. So as I say, I don't want to get distracted from our main point of conversation, but I just couldn't let that go by. Well, and uh, to your point, this timing is really interesting, and that is what my my World War II veteran said. He said it's it's very suspect. And then I also find it interesting, and I'm grateful for it, uh, Frank, but nobody was hurt. But, uh, you know, waiting until, I mean, it started after everybody was out of there, it does seem very suspect. But we'll probably have another conversation about that. Now, Frank, uh, one of my uh, guests here, Kim Sturtz, had a question for you regarding Ilhan Omar. And uh, Kim, uh, uh, go ahead. You can ask Frank that question. Hi, Frank. I heard that she was successful in overcoming a 180-year rule in Congress of not being able to wear headwear. Yeah, that's true. They uh, they actually made a change that specifically enabled her to to uh, wear a hijab. And that was after, and that that rule had been in place since 1837. Now I'm going to date yeah. myself, but you know I remember back during the whole women's lib movement that uh, feminists said, you know, we don't want people telling, we don't want men telling us what to do, and and you know, you know women were burning their bras because they you know wanted to to be free and. Now these same women uphold the fact that there is a, uh, a a religion that is really very patriarchal that basically says women have to wear a head cover, and uh, now we've we've overturned that rule. Eighteen it's been in in uh, Congress since 1837. That rule has been overturned, and I wonder where all those bra burning feminists are, Frank Hawkins. <laughs> That's a damn good question, I have to tell you. And for some reason, they have, they have tucked in under this. And uh, what you find, uh, particularly in the media, is an intense uh, amount of caution to avoid offending anybody. And most specifically, they don't mind offending Catholics. They don't mind offending other Christians. Uh, they are somewhat less cautious about offending Jews, but God forbid to say anything that might uh, offset the uh, set off the uh, the Muslims. And uh, this is very treacherous territory we're in. 
you know, it is very treacherous territory, and it's across the political spectrum. And uh, you're mentioning Muslim, and we've got just a few minutes. But I've been thinking a lot about this, and there's a lot that is occurring under being nonpartisan as well. So instead, if you take a stand, if you take a stand on principles, if you're searching for truth, that could be considered partisan. But yet, if you're wishy-washy and, uh, you know, don't really take a stand, which continues to move this window further and further and further to the radical left, then that seems to be okay. And we need to, and I think that's why uh, Trump is enjoying the success he is, is because he's taking a stand. He's taking a stand on principle. I know I kind of wish he wouldn't say some of the stuff he does sometimes, Frank. But yet, when I look at the policies and what he is doing while while you know, the far left is opining about his tax returns or this Mueller report coming down the pike. He's actually making, doing policies, reducing regulations, trying to get taxes down that help everyday, hardworking Americans, no matter what their descriptor is, man, woman, black, white, Hispanic, gay, straight, whatever. When you lift this, this economic boat and the economic well-being of everybody it doesn't see any of those descriptors. It helps everybody. Yeah, that is very well stated. I, another aspect of this I think you should look at closely with Omar is her relationship with CARE, and uh, which I mentioned earlier, the Council on American Islamic Relations. And um, CARE is a really, uh, in 2009, was listed as an unindicted co-conspirator in uh, terrorist fundraising uh, operation in the United States, known as the Holy Land Foundation. And uh, the founder, the co-founder of, of uh, CARE, a guy by the name of Omar Ahmad, is on record in 1998 in saying that Islam should dominate not just the United States, but all, con- all countries. I mean, he said, if you choose to live here, you have a responsibility to deliver the message of Islam. Islam isn't in America to be equal to any other faiths, but to become dominant. The Quran should be the highest authority in America, and Islam the only accepted religion on earth. Everything we need to know is in the Quran. We do not need to look anywhere else. And so I say, well, does anybody have any questions about that? I mean, it's so blatant and straightforward. Care is a uh, is a funder of um, of Omar. She gets her Benjamins or some <laughs> Benjamins from Care, and um, uh, she has been a speaker at Care um, uh, events in California. In fact, uh, one of those events, she said um, uh, she complained about Muslims facing um, uh, 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 discrimination and so on. Uh, in the United States, and she said, uh, we have to raise hell, we have to make people uncomfortable, as uncomfortable as Americans felt after 9-11. Wow. Hey, Frank Hawkins, we are, we're out of time, but just a comment regarding what you, uh, that quote, that does not sound very inclusive, no, nor coexisting to me. So, Frank Hawkins, thank it you so not. much. <laughs> and we will get you back, because uh, you're doing great work in American Thinker, so thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Goodbye. And uh, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook, thank you for being here as guest hosts. I greatly appreciate it, and I appreciate your partnership. Thanks You're for very having welcome. us. Okay, and uh, just very quickly, your phone number, Kim? 303-888-2732.
And yours, Mark? 303-517-7173. Okay, great. Well, this, uh, our quote for today is J.R.R. Tolkien. He uh, was a faithful Catholic. This is from the Fellowship of the Ring. He says, I wish it did not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. So this is Kim Munson today. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't serve.